0: Welcome to the astrology show. It's Kira. It's me, per usual, (laughs) per always. I'm always the host (laughs) of this show. Um, Welcome. I have a really fun episode for you today, all about the lots, also known as um, the parts, the Arabic parts, the Arabic lots, um, I have Jake Green and Mo here to to talk about these things. And these are two younger astrologers, not like super young. Jake and I are like the same age. Um, and Mo is just a couple years younger, but younger in terms of, you know, we're the younger guard of astrologers. Um, and yeah, they, these two are just so smart and knowledgeable, um, especially in these like lesser known techniques and, um, yeah, like the things that are not super popular, they just know so much about and, you know, make me feel very, <laughs> very inadequate in terms of my astro knowledge when I talk to folks like them because they just so, so smart and intelligent. Um, so they, we talk all about the lots and, it's a really really good episode um, Jake Green did uh, did a webinar for fresh voices about the lots uh, we talk about that a little bit but we'll we'll link that if anyone's interested in purchasing um, and then of course mo also did a webinar for fresh voices in December about specifically um, the the 11, the sign that's eleventh from fortune, which we'll we'll talk about in this episode, but it's about the place of acquisition, um, which is also really cool. There just know so many cool like techniques and stuff. So I'll let you get into this episode, but first we have a couple of um, housekeeping, which is basically similar things to what I said last week. We have a Fresh Voices webinar coming up on Saturday, May eighth. Mike Ryan is Speaking about the outer planets changing signs over the next, you know, three to five, three to six years. So, Uranus leaving Taurus and entering Gemini, um, Neptune leaving Pisces and entering uh, Aries, which is going to be so wild because it's been in Pisces for a decade at this point. Um, and then Pluto leaving Capricorn and entering Aquarius, which is actually. Coming up in like two years, which is wild. Um, Pluto has been in Capricorn since two thousand and eight, so that's gonna be a major, major shift. And yeah, all of Mike Ryan's gonna be um, giving a web presenting a webinar about all these changes that are to come. Um, and so I am really excited for this. I know he's been working really hard on it. So that is again Saturday, May eighth. You can sign up for that at freshvoicesinastrology.com um and then uh what else at on on May twenty first, which is a Friday, I'm going to be speaking with Alice Sparkly Cat, um for C I I S, uh, which is the California in- Institute of Integral Studies. We're having a conversation about their new book, Postcolonial Astrology. That's their new book coming out, I guess, in May. So I have an early copy of it, but I. Highly, highly suggest that you pre-order it. Um, it's one of those like must-have astro books, really, for any astrologer. Um, and Ace is just truly brilliant and gives such like, a a fresh and rich perspective to things. Um, so we're going to be having a full-on conversation about that for CIIS public programs. Um, again, that's Friday, May 21st. There's a suggested donation of $10, but, um, that is not, it's not necessary. Um, and then also it's recorded and posted on their podcast. So if you, if you miss it, you can't make it, you'll be able to see it or at least listen to it eventually. Um, and then what else? Oh, the next day on May 22nd, we have another Fresh Voices webinar. Deja Lewis is going to be talking about um, vocational astrology in the mid heaven in the 10th house and sort of where to find your your path through your chart. So I'm really stoked about that one too. Deja is a awesome young astrologer who um, is just doing cool things. So yeah, stoked about that. And then just a week after that, believe it or not, May twenty sixth, we have our our next lunar eclipse. Our next eclipse, eclipse season begins, and then the next day we get Norwalk. So Norwalk starts um, May twenty seventh. That's when pre conference workshops, and then the official beginning is May twenty eighth. Um, and it lasts all weekend. I'm presenting. Friends of the Pod are presenting. Um, Including Bear River, Diana Rose Harper is doing two different talks. Um, who else? Sam Reynolds, I believe, is speaking, Chris Brennan, uh, Jason Holly, all great people and totally worth it to, um, you know, to, to register. It's again the Memorial Day weekend, basically the 28th, 29th, and 30th of May. Norwalk is where it's kind of like that event. It's the event of the year, um, astrologically, you know, of course we have the Fresh Voices Summit <laughs> in September, but, um, besides that, NORWAC is, it's kind of like the, the place to be you know and in, in may and for astrologers um so i'm stoked about it although it's virtual it's gonna still be great and hopefully next year we'll be able to be in person again because i need some of that in my life i need some you know late night hotel lobby um hangouts with astrologers like i'm craving it Um, I think we all are at this point. Um, But yeah, and then I guess another thing to mention um, is I am part of um, Astrology Hub's Inner Circle this year. So I'm going to be teaching for the Inner Circle in November of this year. If you're interested in Astrology Hub, that's a cool, the Inner Circle is like a cool membership community. Um, for you know people into astrology they have new teachers every month that um, you know some really great big astrologers coming in to teach um, a couple lessons during a certain month. I'm November like I said, but there's the registration opens back up at the beginning of June and I'll be speaking their solstice event on June 3rd. So if anyone's interested in that, um, we'll link we'll link that as well. Okay, <laughs> enough enough show notes for now. Um, you know, I've just been I've just been busy enough show notes enough housekeeping. I'm I've just been busy with my course and with the eleventh house and with the podcast. Um, I'm not doing readings right now, but I hope to get back to it this summer after the course wraps up. I'm um, gonna have a little bit more time, and yeah. I I just I encourage you if you're looking for a reading book with one of my amazing guests on this show because they're all great they all have such great wisdom to offer, um, so yeah. Anyway, let's let's I'm gonna shut up and let you get into it. Let's talk about the lots. Hey Jake, hey Mo, how's it going? Hey Hey Kira, hey Mo. (laughs) (laughs) My friends, so excited to have you here. Finally, I've been wanting to do this episode for forever. (laughs) So I'm so happy we were able to squeeze this in since everything's busy nowadays. Maybe it's this Kazemi situation, but.
1: Yeah, I think it's also just everything like doing this last minute run
0: through. Yeah. Areas. Yeah. Yeah. Like. So, yeah. Um, anyway, welcome both to the show. This is both of your first times on the show. Um, I've been, we'll get into how we know each other and all that, but um, you know, both of you have done work actually for fresh voices and astrology um, around the lots. So <laughs> I was just like, you're both perfect to talk to about this. And we also, just have been talking pretty consistently, the three of us for like the past almost three years, oh, which is wild. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Somehow, really wild. Yeah. does not feel that no. long, but yeah, it's been <laughs> at least two and a half years of us just like chatting Astro on Twitter for a while. So, um, hopefully, next year we'll get to meet in person finally. Yes. But yes. for now. It's been, yeah, it's been fun. You guys are two, like, very smart, <laughs> younger astro. I'm not calling you young, but, you know, <laughs> we're all kind of in the younger um, um, report. No, I'm a like general Zer, barely, so you oh are one God. of those Zoomers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
0: Scorpio. Barely a Zoomer, but, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wait, are you? I no, you I was it's that 95 year <gasps> okay never mind. sorry that. I'm sorry for <laughs> I apologize <laughs> it's because you're born that it's year okay. when it switches mm-hmm. yeah it's true it's true that okay sorry all millennial here <laughs> my bad okay but let's yeah I'm gonna have you guys introduce yourself I have people share their SMR if you're comf- uh, if you're comfortable with it um, and tell us a little bit about your practice and sort of how you use Astro um Jake why don't you start
2: yeah, so um, my sun, moon, and rising are Capricorn, Cancer, and Capricorn. So I have a rising sun in Capricorn with a full moon in Cancer. Um, and as far as my practice, um, I got into astrology around like 2018. Um mm-hmm. And that was also the same time that I was going to school for social work at an HBCU. Um, And that's kind of like informed a lot of my practice. Um, Like, so in school, like I learned how to consult with people. I learned how to like, you know, talk about their problems, how to, um, you know, kind of like approach sensitive topics ethically, um, you know, like having ethical boundaries, like all that stuff. So like, that's kind of my approach. It's also, I feel like social work is kind of like practical psychology. Like it's just, it's a little bit more concerned like with your environment and like the other things that are going on besides like just what's in your head. So I feel like I kind of like bring that to my astrology in the way that I, you know, like look at different parts of your life to kind of like see how they all kind of like come together. Um, You know, like if you have a problem at work, like it's going to, going to create problems at home like that's like aspects like it's it's a whole thing um so yeah i'm also the treasurer for aya um and i aya is
0: the association for young right. astrologers for yes. anyone who doesn't know
2: <laughs> who yes. isn't in our astro bubble <laughs> Yeah. I'm bad about that. Um, yeah. So treasure for Aya. And I also um, have mainly been focusing on working with the lots. Um, so they used to be like a really prominent technique. Um, you know, we'll get into that. Um, but they aren't really used as much now or they're used in like more specific kind of like derivative ways. So I'm kind of like focusing on trying to bring them back. Um, there's also like not a lot of information on them out there. So, trying to trying to work on getting all that together.
0: Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And you did um, a talk for fresh voices in astrology like a month or two ago um, about the lots. What was it called? Um,
2: that's a good question, but it was on <laughs> the dramatic lots.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew what it was about. I knew
2: what it was about. Yeah. So
0: no, it was great. And if anyone is looking for like a good intro outside of this, you know, a little bit more like structured, you know, webinar style. Um, it's available for purchase at FreshVoicesInAstrology.com. So, it was a really good one. Thank um, you. Yeah, and you didn't say your full name, but Jake Green. Everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, Jake
2: Green. See. <laughs> Mercury and Sag, Mercury and Sag in the 12th I mean, house, by the way. I just did, so, we're
0: recording this a couple, like three hours before um, a Mercury Kazemi in Aries and I just did a bunch of solar work and I'm wearing my Mercury, like I have some Mercury Kazemi oil on, wearing my Mercury Talisman, so I'm like tuned in right now to the at details. Least, at least
2: somebody's on it.
0: <laughs> um, Thanks, Jake. How about you, Mel? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Mo. I cannot shut up about my chart. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I am a Taurus Sun, Pisces rising, like literally the same degree as Kira, and a Sag Moon. Um, so, my approach to Astra is pretty traditional all over the board. I don't think I'm just an exclusively Hellenistic astrologer, but like, I'm not really like a medieval astrologer either. Like, I can also- you a medieval
0: astrologer personally.
1: <laughs> Why? Because
0: <laughs> like you're just you're just a, like a medieval sort of like um, Persian Astro stand like in my book.
1: That's true. Okay. I right. love that about you. You caught me. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I think um, I really like how the that part of the tradition has like expanded more upon lots. But I feel like um, there was a lot that the Hellenists used to do with lots that are really underrated. So whereas Jake Jake's into like just thinking about the lots in terms of like where they fall in your chart, where the ruler is in your chart and et cetera, which is a hugely rich practice that I think needs to come back. Um, I am also someone who's into fortune houses because um, it's just a different way of looking at your chart and it's one of the things that will help people actually understand zodiacal releasing better and why certain periods have the qualities that they do. Mm-hmm. I don't offer zodiacal releasing as a service yet just because I'm trying to do more with fortune houses and seeing how that works first before I think about releasing lots. That's just me. Um, but yeah, like I am into all astrology that's old. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to learn Vedic as well. Cool. Like, cool so yeah um oh I forgot to say my full name Mo Olufemi but I like being semi-anonymous so
0: I mean do you want us to bleep it out (laughs) nah nah don't bleep it out okay I love your last name too it's like it's like fun to say thank you it rolls off the tongue yeah awesome yeah so um yeah I consider like to me, when I think about like your, your type of astrology, it is very old. I feel like that's, it's a, the the Saturn in you, like, which is very loud. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Saturn and Jupiter really are both pretty loud. Um, and yeah, I love that about you. I love how, you know, you really sink into the texts and, um, I guess I, I forgot to preface this. Maybe I'll say it in the intro, which I haven't recorded yet. But mm-hmm. um, we will be sort of getting into more advanced techniques in this episode. It's not we're not doing basics like, you know, the planets and, and houses um, with this one. We are getting a little bit more advanced, but we're going to do our best to sort of explain as we go. I personally don't know much at all about the lots around besides like what I've learned from both of their, um, fresh voices webinars, um, which I didn't mention. Mo also did a webinar for fresh voices. I believe in January, December, 2020. Um, and it was about the, um, the, what is it called? The place of, the place of acquisition, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, which is the house that is 11th from fortune. Um, great webinar, another great one. And again, that's available for purchase at freshvoicesandastrology.com if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, but yeah, you just like these old techniques that, you know, are, we're still kind of, it's not, not like they're being uncovered, but they haven't really had a resurgence since ancient times, really, you know, like people have used them, I'm sure, especially the people who've been translating this work, but um, in terms of making them more popular and widely used amongst astrologers, that, that has not happened. Um, and so it sounds like you guys are sort of at that precipice of like, you know, making this information more, more popular, which is pretty cool because there's just so much you can do with astrology.
2: It's mm-hmm. like infinite,
0: basically. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Cool. And so the way we all know each other, twitter right <laughs> right of course <laughs> uh-huh. i feel like we've we the three of us have been in like a chitter tw- chitter a twitter group chat together f- for about two and a half years at least uh-huh. two years
2: yeah at this point yeah i mean yeah like three-ish
0: yeah Literally. it's been fun <laughs> it has i feel like we learn so much from each other in those group chats because we're we just do. constantly yeah. sharing ideas and it's like a safe place to share that stuff too right i'm just tweeting it to not world. even
1: just like ideas about like astrology but also just like the you know the business side of like running a practice yeah. and like what we should do or like excuse me how we can like engage with our clients better it's been really helpful P-
0: mostly me yelling at you to start doing uh, <laughs> one-on-one
1: <laughs> i finally started doing that how interesting and- good it's been great. Oh my goodness! Good. Like, I'm why? so happy. So Mo was why just doing do riddles. Written- like,
0: exactly, was just exactly. Her it readings, is- like writing them out. And <laughs> for the past two years, I've been like, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> just talk to people. You're good at it. Um, and I'm so I'm f- happy that you're finally there because people deserve it. People need to needs to see you or hear you at
2: least. Um, and it's just easier on you. I don't know how the hell you did so, that. so, so much easier to just talk. Like,
1: ugh. Yeah. I yeah. still have more to finish typing. No oh way. God. Can
2: you just tell them that you'll do it
0: in a,
1: <sighs>
0: in a I'm contemplating.
1: Wait, oh. I'm contemplating oh. doing that.
0: You should, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. You guys ready to get into it? Should we start talking yeah. about Yes. Us?
2: Yes, let's do it. All right.
0: So, the lots. What are they? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here?
1: Can I just share what the lots are not?
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Can we start there? Let's start there, Saturn. Why not?
1: Okay, so this was back before I discovered traditional astrology. Um, and I was still, like, into, you know, all the, like, modern whatever. And when I was getting back into an astrology Back into astrology as an adult, not as like, you know, a teenager just like scrolling through Tumblr, Tumblr shit posts. Um, I was like, okay, I want to know when I'm going to get rich, when I'm going to get married, and, you know, possibly when I'm going to die. That, that was just my approach, okay? I wanted to know it. Uh, I feel and- <laughs>
0: you. Third house, ninth house shit.
1: You know, and like, I would stumble upon these um, posts from, like, I can't remember the website, but it's one of those websites that claims to want to empiricize astrology. And they would talk about, like, looking for, like, aspects to the lot of fortune and the lot of spirit when it comes to, like, you know, um, either days you're going to get married, the types of people you're going to get married to. It was really strange. Like, this was, like, mind you, this is like, 2017. And I was just like, okay, a lot of spirit, a lot of fortune. What is that? (laughs) And I remember Googling it and I would just get, you know, I guess people who took like Dane Rudyard's interpretation of the lot of fortune and kind of ran with it. I was like, this is where you're going to be lucky. And this is where like, and then I was like, okay, great. I see that I have my lot of fortune in, the like I was still using quadrant houses, six thousand, like what does that mean? And like I don't feel lucky at work at all. <laughs> and then even when I switched to whole signs and I was still like using that interpretation, it was like, lucky in relationships? Don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's what that's about. And it wasn't until I started engaging with like Hellenistic astrology deeply in like 2018, 2019. 2019 was when I really started getting into the lots more, but more so from, like, a zodiacal releasing standpoint, because I like running before I can walk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was just, like, okay, having to divorce the lot of fortune from the concept of, like, good luck, goodwill, and all that other stuff, like, really helped me understand the lot and what it does better. Like, what about you, Jake? How did you
2: yeah um (laughs) so I kind of got into them because like everybody was all like zodiacal releasing like zr 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 Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay that's cool like I you know like watched the astrology podcast episode you know the four hour long episode um like I figured out how to do it and I was just like okay but like what what are these lots and like you know, when you um, when you just, like, generate, like, a birth chart on Astro.com, like, using the default settings, like, it pulls up the lot of fortune. And, like, it puts it there in your chart with a symbol. And, you know, people people kind of like talked about the lot of fortune the same that they do the nodes in the sense that like, they don't really know what to do with them. Like they've just heard like <laughs> some buzzwords and like they hear the name and they're like fortune fortune's good. Like right. I want, like I would like a fortune like, and then they just <laughs> kind of, which it's not, it's not completely wrong. Cause like the lot of fortune can and like does relate to kind of like your you know circumstantial like wealth but you know like just in terms of like you being lucky and like I've even I've even heard some like really famous people who should not have been repeating this repeating this like just saying like oh somebody's got the lot of fortune in their first house so they are fortunate like that's that's not how no, that works.
1: That's not how that works. <laughs>
2: It was Demetra. Like,
0: <laughs> don't out my my queen like that. I love her.
2: I love her. I love her so much. I love her so much. But
1: it hurt
0: my heart.
2: It hurt. It hurt.
0: Can I just say um, real quick? We we mentioned Zodiacal releasing a couple times, and it's kind of impossible to like fully explain it. But just to for folks who don't know. Um, so diacole releasing is an ancient timing technique that has been revived since, you know, in the past, I don't know, a couple decades um, since all of this material keeps being, uh, you know, translated. And it's basically this timing technique that we use um, to sort of look at sort of chapters of your life, like longer-term periods, and you kind of can break those longer-term periods up into shorter periods. And really what we're looking for is um, peaks of energy or peak of activity um, related to a certain part of your life. So whether that, whether that be, you know, releasing from fortune, looking at your circumstantial, um, I don't know, would you say wealth maybe, but like your, your your body too, your body. body. body Yeah. 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 Kind of like stuff that happens to you. It's almost like faded stuff that happens to you um, that often affects your body. So it's, Often, we're looking at that for health stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, you know, releasing from spirit, we'll tend to look at stuff like reputation, career, what you're doing with your life, which is what – I mean, that's what I'm always looking at when I'm mm-hmm. doing ZR. You can um, – do zodiacal releasing from the part of Eros which is we'll talk about which is about love and relationships so um you know that can show peaks of activity in your love life or your relationships um so yeah zodiacal releasing is just this this cool technique it's pretty cool um but it's sort of basis is in the lots did I say that right yes yes
1: yes Yes, 100 percent um Yeah. I mean, even with, uh, we'll probably talk about this later in the episode, but even with, um, uh, releasing from spirit, I'm starting to appreciate the mind body dichotomy with, um, solar and lunar principles, because Mm -hmm. spirit is thought to be a solar lot, whereas, um, fortune is thought to be a lunar lot. And even just like, it doesn't even have to be career necessarily. Like I'm starting to realize that when I look at my own, zodiacal releasing, because I I track it just so I can, like, figure out, okay, what the hell is going on, and how do I use this technique? Um, And I've noticed that, like, even just decisions I make that are big within, like, a certain narrative within a certain time frame, like, seem to be showing up, whether they're related to my career or not. They usually are related to my career, but, like, I'm finding that a lot of times, even just, like, okay, me deciding to not do something or to to do something like I remember there was this whole ZR L3 arc where it was all about me deciding how to file my taxes like Mm. and it was just that and I was like that's really weird like I was mapping out the L4s and it's like I did this I did that I got this payment I got that payment I made this payment so like it it was just really strange and it's those moments when you're like okay I need to walk away from this this is too much
0: (laughs) Yeah. It gets really deep. It's really um, deep. But yeah, Zodiacal Releasing, I'll just say for folks who are interested in learning more, um, I would love to do an episode about it one day, and I, I, I plan to. Um, maybe not in this season, but sometime <laughs> this year probably. Um, <clears throat> but if you're interested in learning more, Chris Brennan's um, The Astrology Podcast has a literally four-hour episode on it, which is like a really great intro lesson um, and I've watched it on YouTube so you can see the visuals with it, but yeah, that's, that's always where I'll point people to start learning Zodiacal releasing. It's a cool technique. You can learn a lot. Um, yeah, I've, it took me a while to sort of like, under- totally understand it and get into it. Not to say that I'm like an expert by any means, um, but just tracking it for myself and it's like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. This shit tracks. Shit tracks, I was in, I, w- I just started a um, level two peak period, 10th from Fortune, and I was on Good Morning America, you know, it's like, and I was <laughs> on, I think, I would think I was on peaks in like all, like two, three, and four. Um, wow. With that, so yeah, it's like, okay, this shit works. It's it's pretty cool to track, and a lot of you are probably listening to this and like, what the fuck are they talking about, <laughs> level two, four, <sighs> peak yeah, all that. Um, sorry for that, the astros to speak. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool technique and, you know, it's easy to nerd out about with folks. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but getting back to it. Okay, so what are the lots? Right. <laughs> Do you so- want to take that, Jake? Yeah, um, so the lots are basically these calculated points. Um, this started out as like a Hellenistic technique. Um, so the earliest kind of like reference to the lots that we have is from this text that we don't have anymore. Um, we just have reference to it, which is called the Panaretos, which it is supposedly written by Hermes, like this <laughs> mythical figure. We don't like you know, maybe, maybe it was Hermes, like, who knows? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so we um, have references to that book, which is kind of like the, it came out like around the same time as um, the whole idea of like sect was developed too. Um, so I'm not entirely sure like if this was in the same book, um, but the idea is that um you know like in the Panaretos they had these seven lots of the planets so these you know with the Panare- Panaretos being written by Hermes they became known as the Hermetic lots because like they were the lots of Hermes um so each of these seven lots are related to the planets and they kind of like rule over different things um So then, from that book and from, you know, Hermes putting these original lots together, then people kind of like, Reverse engineered the calculations. um, Because, you know, like if you, which we're going to talk about, um, but you look at the formulas, like you can kind of like tell the idea that they were going for. So then, you know, other astrologers made their own lots and then that kind of developed. It grew. So this was originally Hellenistic um, with the lots and then that then spread to the Arabic astrologers and they would then call them parts. So they, hellenistic lots and the arabic parts are the same things they're just kind of like spread around but then the arabic astrologers kind of like developed them further and they created a ton of them like there are literally hundreds of lot calculations all for like different things um you know there are obviously like the hermetic lots which are kind of like more major um but then you know like we have lots for you know, like marriage, home, um, death, children, like enemies, yeah, child. children.
1: Yeah. When <laughs> um, to sell your crops, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, farming, agriculture, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, so cool. um, right. So we have like all of these that are. Um, you know, like from these calculated points, from these lots, which I like to kind of use the um, topic of like the father as an example. So, like, if you had a client that came to you and they were like, "I want to talk about my dad," like, "I want to talk about my father," um, you know, most people are going to have like a few options. They could, you know, either talk about the sun, like look at the sun for the father. Um, they might look at Saturn. They might look at the fourth house, um, but so like there's there's kind of like several potential options. So in that case, like which one are you going to use? Um, well, if you use the lot of the Father that is taken from the degree of the sun to the degree of Saturn, which is then projected from the ascendant to find this lot, so you're kind of like combining the sun and saturn which you know most people would think of you know using both um or like you know having both as an option um you know like using the lot would allow you to combine it so it's got a practical use too and it also helps to find things that don't have like a house or like a planet that rules them specifically
0: i just wanted to pull up um i just put up the chart of the moment just to show folks what these look like in the chart. So usually, when you pull up your chart on online or something, sometimes they'll have at least the part of fortune. Sometimes they'll have the part of spirit there too. But just so you know, you're not gonna find. I don't think any online calculator that like gives you the lot of father in your birth chart, or like I don't think that that exists yet. Um, you sort of have to find lot calculators, and there's we'll tell you a couple ways to do that. But um, I just wanted to show you the two most um, I would say like popular or most well-known lots, the first would be the lot of fortune. And, and, if you, um, are watching the video version, I have this up on my screen. Um, it's like a circle with an X in the middle of it. And that's the lot of fortune. And then for the lot of spirit, it's the circle with a vertical line running straight through it. And that's the symbol for the lot of spirit. Um, And so, yeah, those will show up. And basically what Drake's talking about is the lots are these mathematical calculations of points on this chart on the 360 degree wheel. So they aren't actual things in the sky or anything. They're, they're, they're mathematical points in the sky and they're taken, they're derived from calculations based on, points in the chart, like the ascendant, and then certain planets in the chart, sometimes even like house cusps, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Or other lots
2: too. Yeah, other lots too. Right, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, or other lots, right. So for very basic example, for the lot of um, fortune here, a lot of fortune calculation is what, for a day chart is?
2: From the sun to the moon.
0: From the sun to the moon projected from the ascendant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what we're looking at here, the the calculation is um sun to
2: moon minus ascendant, right? For the like plus and minus um formula, like it reverses it. So um yeah, I just remember like in my head, like when it does like the the math symbols to reverse it, but like the, the easiest way to explain to people is just like from The degree of the sun, yeah, to the degree of the moon, which you're going in zodiacal order too. Um, So you know whatever distance that happens to be, like if you even if you have to go like the long way around the chart, like Mm -hmm. that's whatever. um. Right.
0: And so yeah, looking at my screen here, the sun is currently at 29 degrees 7 minutes of Aries. The moon is at 13 degrees and 49 minutes of Cancer, and so we we literally count how many degrees away does it take to get from the sun to the moon, and then we take that number and we go to the ascendant of the chart, which in this chart is 14 degrees 59 minutes of Virgo, and we take that calculate that um that number that we got from the distance from the sun and the moon, and we project that from the ascendant moving again in um, zodiacal order, which means the order. Of the the signs, you know, from Aries to Taurus to Gemini, etc. Um, and in this chart, that puts the part of fortune at twenty nine degrees forty one minutes of Scorpio. So that's just the calculation for one lot. We have calculations for all, like you know, hundreds of calculations for different lots. Um, but I just wanted to sort of further explain
1: that. I wanted to say that <coughs> the lots are really cool because, as Jake was mentioning before. <laughs> um if you you know don't have like a clear signification for a topic or there are way too many significators for like a particular topic um and it's hard to tell people okay like Saturn can be your father but also the sun and so it's like let's get around this by um coming up with this formula that will merge the two sort of and then project them from some other relevant point um and wherever the sign is says something about the nature of your experience with that. Um, Where the actual lot falls in your natal chart, like we'll bring like house topics um, or like, you know, you can also consider the angularity of the lot to show you how like busy that is in your life or how much like attention you pay towards that thing in your life. Um, And then like, you know, seeing the condition of the ruler and, that can also say things about your experience with the topic. And I think something important to talk about is like, which planets are actually cho- chosen, says a lot about the um, cultural assumptions of um, how that topic is perceived.
0: In the time that it was, in the time that those calculations were made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. AKA ancient times. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, for example
2: the thought lot <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i okay. remember
1: that yes so, that was um,
2: great yeah so for drunk astrology um which is kind of like this little sort of like mini like
0: conference a good, yeah it's like a good, little yeah, yeah. Too, but like yeah it's like a mini but it, yeah it's like casual among
2: friends yeah yeah mm-hmm. um but it's kind of like for ideas that aren't really for the public, um, but so like the the thought lot is an actual lot like it actually exists, I did not make it up. Um, it has another name, um, which I can't really remember off the top of my head, but it was basically I used remember. to- Oh, you it's, do?
0: Yeah, it's the chastity of women. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the um, way, by thought we mean T-H-O-T,
2: that's right, kind yes, of like
0: slut ho, that type yeah. of thought, not like thoughts yeah. or whatever.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah so but like so that was kind of like used to see like if a woman was like promiscuous or whatever um but you know like in my presentation I was kind of using it from like a more like positive perspective you know like as
0: like a sort of sl- yeah, sluttiness
2: yeah right <laughs> just like owning your thoughtness which
0: <laughs> we
1: all do yeah <laughs> Yeah. Trust,
2: trust.
1: (laughs) Or like how there are different calculations for the lot of marriage. And like, you know, a lot of um, traditional astrology is very gendered. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how
1: like, if you are somebody who is non-binary or someone who is trans, it's like, how do the planets that are chosen to calculate these lots reflect your experience of attraction like if you're not even um like hetero like how does how do these lots um speak to your experience of attraction
0: yeah that's always an interesting topic and in, when talking about lots too because yeah there is that that issue i would say of so many of the calculations being very gendered and it's like for a male you use this calculation for a female you use this calculation how does that translate for my, um, non-binary people? How does that translate for trans people? Um, and it's sort of one of those things that I don't know if we we have a solution to at this point. Um,
2: I I have been I have been working on one. Okay. Um, like so, I have been basically because the lot of the calculation for the lot of marriage is the same two planets. It's just one order for males and you just reverse that for women but I was thinking you know what if we just throw the gender part out and we just go with sect because Mm. we use sect for like most of the other lots like you know if you were born during the day you're going to use this one order Mm -hmm. and if you were born at night you can use this other order so like my idea is to um just do that instead. So like if you were born during the day to use the quote unquote male calculation mm-hmm. and at night to use the quote unquote female calculation. Um, I haven't tested it enough to like feel confident in saying that that works for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is it is like a idea for a solution.
1: I love that idea for a solution. Wait, I wanna ask you a little about that. So. There are like way too many marriage lot calculations. It's kind of yeah. gross how many there are. It's annoying. <laughs> For some yeah. people
0: like me and Mo who want to know everything. Yeah, like really I wanna know. know. Come on.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> Um, I do remember like if anybody um like was doing Ben Dykes' workshop at uh, I think it was more Twenty twenty. He did he does like mention like the um I don't remember which lot of marriage formula he was using, but he was also incorporating sect, but there was still a gender thing where it's like the women born at night and men born during the day, I think have like the same formula. And then like women born during the day and men born at night Mm -hmm. have the same
2: formula. It was really strange. That strange. complicated unnecessarily.
0: It's basically like if you're quote unquote, like, no, like in the norm or sort of like if you're if your pieces fit <laughs> you know it's like women night like women nocturnal and i'm I'm doing quotations for those listening it was very um, strange that is so <laughs> it's, strange yeah it's like if you're straight you can go this way if you're queer you can go this way it's almost like that it, it, it without was, saying that but it was too
1: much and I can't remember which planets were used, but, like, I know different variations will use, like, Venus and Saturn to some extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Some will even do, like, Sun-Venus or, like, Moon-Mars, depending on who, like... I've seen Moon
0: Mars. I don't know about Moon um, Mars. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've seen
2: that too, but I've I'm, seen, I've that. seen that some sense. lots with Uranus. Like there's so much like, cause <laughs> if you could see me it, in most space right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. There's, there's somebody, somebody has a lot of homosexuality with your, like they're, mm. they're just kind of like throwing random things together, which
1: that's kind mm. of like an issue
2: even with ancient, um, like ancient authors, because like that, like I talked about, like we, you know, got these original Hermetic lots from the Panaretos, and everybody then just kind of like made up their own. Mm-hmm. So we see other people having different thought processes too. Like you know, like so one person might think like, okay, like marriage, Venus and Saturn, like you know, love and commitment, and somebody else might think like, oh, you know, like sun venus you know like thinking like oh the sun light generative venus love like you know like you could sort of argue for either um even though like i think venus saturn makes more sense um so like just thinking about like how many um astrologers there were and like how many astrologers were writing things down you know like because actually most ancient astrologers mention the lots, like in some way, shape, or form, you know, like Dorotheus, like Valens, Mm -hmm. Rhetorius, um, you know, just like all of these people, especially, you know, like the Arabic astrologers, for real, which... um, But so, like, just with that whole thing, there's a lot of um, differences between the formulas. Like, there are actually... um, even for the Hermetic Lots, there's some disagreement on the formulas. So the lot of Necessity and the lot of arrows, there are a couple alternate calculations for those, which don't really make sense. And they don't fit in with the rest of the seven. So I don't use those. Most people don't use those. Um, I don't know anybody that does use those. But so that just goes to kind of like show that other people just kind of like had their own ideas and they were, you know, trying different things. So when going back and like even looking at the source material or even like if you're online Googling and you're just trying to find out like more information on lots, like you have to discriminate between sources. Like you have to be skeptical and you have to, you know, kind of question things and like, think about the calculation. Like, does it make sense? Um, so like, well, I can just kind of like, slide into this now but um so like the structure for the calculations um so we kind of like talked about with the lot of fortune with um the calculation for the day charts um being from the sun to the moon and then real
0: quick before you before you get into that Mm -hmm. do you mind if we show i kind of want to show how to pull it up because that pdf table might be helpful yeah Um, for sure. For people like pulling this up first and then going through the calculations and mm-hmm. how they're structured. So yes. um, what I'm going to do is, again, if you're watching this version on um, the video version, um, we're going to go to Astro.com. And Jake's going to kind of walk us through how to pull up your seven hermetic lots and then even additional um, tables of lots. And then, yeah, I also kind of want to show Astroseeks version, not version, but like their calculator because that's also right. helpful. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I do
2: use that one too. Um, cool. So.
0: <laughs> so when you go to astro.com, what you're going to do is hover over free horoscopes, go to the right-hand column, um, down to extended chart selection, and I would make a, pro- I would make a count if I were you, uh, <laughs> or you can just do it as a guest. Um, that should take you to this page that has a ten- extended chart selection. Um, so where do we go from here, Jake?
2: Then you would go to chart drawing style, that little drop-down box.
0: Chart drawing. Wait, okay, so the second drop-down
2: here. Yeah, and then you're going to go to Hellenistic.
0: Hellenistic.
2: Right, and then just click to show the chart. Right, and then you see um, it has PDF additional tables on on the top um so yeah you click on that and you have this pdf come up and it shows you like a list of all your planets and everything your aspects blah blah whatever um the first page is just kind of um yeah the second page though is the one that has your greek lots so It'll show your lot of fortune, your lot of spirit, necessity, arrows, courage, victory, nemesis, and it'll just list the degrees next to all of them with the um, zodiacal symbol. So even though like there's not like an option to show like um, necessity, courage, victory, nemesis like in this chart, um, you can still like see those degrees.
0: Yeah, like they're not shown um, on the wheel, but in this in the PDF tables it shows and you can see that each each one of these hermetic lots aka greek lots <laughs> again everything sort of has double names in astrology uh-huh. um, which is so mercurial um, <laughs> um, each of these seven lots are associated with one of the seven traditional planets so fortune is the lot of the moon spirit or diamond is a lot of the sun necessity is a lot of mercury eros is a lot of venus courage is a lot of mars Victory is a lot of Jupiter, and Nemesis is a lot of Saturn. And then they go over and show a couple other lots here on the right-hand column, um, having to do with some basic stuff, father, mother, siblings, sons. Notice there's not daughters there. Hmm. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and then aren't there
2: more at the bottom? Oh, no, that's another. Um, no, yeah. isn't that a different That's chart yeah. yeah. If so you, that? Yeah, we can. Um, the... Yeah, Arabic point. Um, okay,
0: so that's one way of pulling it up, and that's. And so we're going to do another way, which is a little problematic, right? Because it shows right. it shows a calculation that's not um, the one that we really want to work with for arrows. Right. So, well, okay. So I'm back at the ch- extended chart selection page on Astro.com, and now um, chart drawing
2: style again. Chart
0: drawing style again.
2: And Arabic point slash Al And this one, um, this one has a lot more lots when you go to the PDF additional tables, um, but it uses those weird formulas for the lot of necessity and the lot of arrows. So those are the ones that we don't use. So it's going to show you the incorrect ones. Um, So just just keep that in mind. Like if you... Click on like the Arabic points, like it will be the wrong arrows and necessity. But so like, what
0: Jake's talking about is um, when you generate this chart, um, you can see the points for all the lots. See how my arrows is down here in Gemini? That's not the correct. Um, that's not the correct uh, calculation because my arrows is actually in in um, Aquarius. But most of the other ones are correct, right? It's just yeah, that yeah, Eros yeah. It's just Eros, Eros and, and necessity. necessity. And Necessity, okay. Necessity is also incorrect here. Okay, yes. so when we go to that PDF, additional PDFs, you'll see there's tons of other lots that they give you um, calculations for. And um, this is how we calculated the thought lot too. Um, so you can calculate <laughs> that for yourself if you want to see where your sluttiness lies. Um, it's the chastity of women under seventh house themes. So mine's mm-hmm. at three Virgo.
2: Yeah. It's specifically um, your thought if it's um, in hard aspect to a malefic. So yes. Mars or Saturn.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I was disappointed that mine's just conjunct Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine's um, square Saturn. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, I've since forgotten
1: mine. Um,
0: but yeah, you can see here it, it um, it kind of breaks down the lots into different themes related to the 12th houses and then other places too. There's other fortunes, um, debilitated bodies. Uh, you know, there's a lot for real estate, there's a lot for debt and poverty, there's a lot for journeys travel by water, there's a lot for buying and selling, medical treatment, like so many different lots. And um, yeah, so in terms of the calculations, if you go to these additional um, PDF tables, you'll see next to the lot, there's um, a a little formula um, for (laughs) intercourse of man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Intercourse of a man, the formula is ascendant plus Venus minus sun. Um, So yeah, you were about to elaborate more on calculations.
2: Right. So um, when you see that, like, um, put in kind of like that mathematical way, ascendant plus Venus minus sun, that actually means the distance from the sun to Venus, then projected from the ascendant, like just... So you can think about it in your head like that. It just reverses when you see, like, the plus and minus symbol, um, That's the interesting. order.
0: So it's almost like the way I would do it then, just to remind myself, is like, okay, I'm looking at this calculation, and then what I would do is sort of start at the end of the calculation and work backwards. So this planet to the next planet from the ascendant, I'll just kind of work backwards in that way? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's yeah, good it for just, me to...
2: It always confuses me with, like, the plus and minus because I'm like, what?
0: It is so confusing. Um, Okay, from there I want to look at AstroSeek because that's another great resource um, in terms of having a lot calculator. So AstroSeek.com, again, a great free resource for astrologers. We have – they have a – where is their lot calculator? I
1: think it's under the traditional astro – Okay. So under free
0: horoscopes, there's traditional astrology calculator. Yeah, if you just Google "last calculator astro seek," it comes up. Um, So yeah, it's under free horoscopes, I guess under here somewhere. Um, So yeah, this is a great resource too because you can um, kind of if you hear you hear of a a, of a calculation somewhere, um, you know, say we're just. As we're talking right now, you want to check it out for yourself, you can go to AstroSeek.com, enter in your birth info, you know, up here, and then there's a lot formula. So from that one we were just talking about, intercourse (laughs) intercourse of a man, right? (laughs) Um, Ascendant plus Venus minus sun. So what we would do from what Jake just said, we're going to go backwards, right? Or no, so this is not for this. Sorry, we're, we're gonna type it as is in this calculation. Sorry, in this calculator. So, ascendant, um, what was it again? It was uh, Sun, Venus, Venus, okay, yeah, so Venus to the Sun. So, personal point is the ascendant, the significator is the Sun, right? No, Venus first, then backwards, the okay.
2: yeah, Venus, yeah, and
0: then the Sun, mm-hmm. okay, calculate the lot. I just Oh, wait, I didn't put in a birth city.
1: It's fine.
0: Whatever. I'm just showing down. it. Um, and so, yeah, we're looking at ascendant um, plus Venus minus sun. So, again, we're looking from the sun to Venus, right? And in this chart, the sun is at 10 degrees of Capricorn. We're going to go all the way around. Wait, yeah, all the Jump way around, all around until we get to Venus, which <laughs> is at four degrees of Capricorn. And then we project that from the ascendant. So again, that distance comes all the way around until we get to, um, five degrees of Libra, the ascendant's at 10 degrees or 11 degrees Libra. So yeah, this is another cool way of like visualizing that. And you can sort of like check your work and see, if, see it makes sense, um, by visualizing it. Cool hopefully that was helpful for folks. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the hermetic lots. And I think
2: specifically about fortune and spirit a little bit more. Right. So, um, the hermetic lots, like I said, there's one for each planet. So the lot of fortune is the lot of the moon and the lot of fortune was considered to be the most important lot. Um, So, the reason that is, is because it relates to the physical world, um, the physical environment. So, if we think about the moon and, like, what the moon signifies, um, they mainly used it for this idea of, like, generation and corruption, because the moon is the closest, um, you know, heavenly body to Earth. Um, So, you know, like, we know that it, you know, affects the tides, like, it physically literally like affects things on earth but so just the idea that it goes through a full cycle in a month like it kind of like grows and then dies um you know like it was associated with this idea of like generation and corruption you know like things growing and dying so the lot of fortune and the lot of the moon often relates to the body um you know as being you know like this physical thing that grows and dies um It also relates to your um, physical circumstances in life. So that generally includes, um, you know, kind of like your upbringing, like, you know, did you have kind of like a good or like decent childhood? Um, But it's more in the sense of like, did you have like what you needed, like were your needs met, Um, you know, did you have food, clothing, shelter, like go to school, like, you know, all of the things. it, you know, like also relates to wealth. Um, and it's just kind of like this idea of fortune um, in the sense of like luck too in your life, but it's very specifically. Um, so you may have heard of the goddess Fortuna, um, which is the Roman goddess of luck. Um, and the lot of fortune is also kind of like called um, Fortuna. Um, so that association kind of like gives us this idea of fortune and Fortuna is blind and she's also, um, often depicted with a wheel or a ship's rudder. So just this idea of like things changing, like fate changing. And, you know, this kind of like then gets associated with the idea of like fate and like fortune being like fickle and, you know, like fortune, um, can change easily um, a lot of um, Roman altars to Fortuna were in like bathhouses where they would gamble so you know like this idea of like luck and fortune like being with you like even in chance like situations like rolling some dice like seeing like okay like is fortune going to be with me um, you can also see Fortuna in art like depicted on like a wheel with like people of like different statuses. Cause you can tell by like their clothes and shit. Um, like, you know um, like the King will be like up at the top of the wheel and, you know, like a peasant might be at the bottom, but the idea is that it's a wheel. So it is turning. So people, you know, even slaves could like buy their freedom and, you know, like become free. It wasn't like a lifetime thing. Like for sure. Like there was the opportunity to kind of like go from rags to riches, so just like this idea of Fortuna and like things being in your favor um, really aligns with a lot of fortune. So even though, you know, when we talk about the lot of fortune being like, you know, related to your body and like, you know, being so important and like related to kind of like your, you know, wealth and like things like that, it's still a very broad lot. So it doesn't get used as much like specifically so um like when people do zr they use angles from fortune like you know they're looking at things angularly from fortune to kind of like see how that aspect of like fortune or luck is um you know like basically like making the events happen but they will usually be doing releasing from spirit so releasing from spirit is going to tell you things that are much more relevant and like much more, it's like generally the shit that people want to know, you know, like career, um, you know, like making actual active choices um, because you know, the lot of spirit it's um, well, we can kind of get into that to that. Now the lot of spirit is the lot of the sun and it relates to the spirit or the consciousness. Um, I like to say the soul, um, even though the soul kind of like has a lot of baggage just as a word. um, It also relates to like career and spirituality too specifically. Um, So the Lot of Spirit, um, something that Robert Zoller said about the Lot of Spirit is that it's, um, well, I'm paraphrasing, but it's kind of like what you admire and what you aspire to. So the admiration part is kind of, um, you know, going into your spirituality and your faith. And it's kind of like what you think God would be like. So whether you think God is like wrathful or whether God is like merciful or all knowing, or, you know, like whatever the case may be, um, you kind of like admire like this aspect of existence. And then Um, that kind of like leads into what you aspire to in your career through this idea that it's kind of like, if you think that something is so important that God is going to be worried about it, like you're probably going to be worried about it too. So then that kind of like becomes part of your career, but also kind of like just how you like move and like think and like what your kind of like goals and motivations in life are. Um. Kira, do you care if I put your lot of spirit <laughs> on blast?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. Wait, what's Were your you gonna say something? I forgot. About? I forgot. Oh, mine's um, at like 18 Libra.
2: Yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so Kira's lot of spirit is in Libra. Um, she also has Venus in Libra, and it's in her eighth house. Like, there's there's stuff with that, but just this idea, just even like this base general idea of the lot of spirit being in Libra and being ruled by Venus. Like, she's got practices for Venus, um, like ritual <laughs> practices already. Like, that's you know, like. Venus is just chilling in the eighth house. Like it's not, you know, it doesn't seem like it's something that would be as major, but it kind of like is, you know, like Kira went to art school, like Kira knows like everybody. Kira is very social. Like that's kind of like how, how she's got all these connections, you know, like all of the guests that she's had on her podcast. Like this, this is very, you know, like Venus, Libra spirit, like somebody that Mm -hmm. is, you know, very connective, very social, my lot of spirit is in Gemini and it's ruled by Mercury and Sag. So like my <gasps> I motivation. Also Gemini
1: ruled spirit yes. as well. Mine's in Virgo though, ruled by Gemini
2: Mercury. Like, oh, that's awesome. See, that's nicer than mine. Cause mine's like <laughs> 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 Mercury and Sag. Um, but so like, I'm just kind of like motivated by curiosity. I'm just kind of like, what are, what are these lots? Like the fuck is that? Like, let me figure it <laughs> out. Um, so, yeah, so like that's kind of like how the law of spirit then, you know, leads into career. Like Kira's always talking about, you know, like how she's always talking to astrologers, like, you mm-hmm. know, always that social aspect. Like mine, on the other hand, like I'm all into astrology because, like, there's so much to learn. There's just like all of this, like, weird, cool, like, neat information. And it's mm-hmm. just like it keeps me mentally stimulated. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. like
1: uh, I do like fortune and spirit because, like, for one, they're both the two lots that will kind of influence the calculations for the other hermetic lots. Yeah,
2: but also, sure.
1: just like, um, so a lot of people don't realize that um, both of these lots are like um, a mixture of, you know, your big three. It's like, okay, if we had to combine your big three in these two ways, SMR, like, SMR. Y- yeah, your SMR victory. Your SMR, <laughs> SMR like, SMR. And, Okay, SMR? I'm <laughs> no, but now it's like, okay, the Libra spirit, I have to influence public opinion. There you go. So, yeah, it's like your SMR rolled into these two lots. One that's representing, like, you know, how your circumstances interface with you, but also, like, that which you worship and aspire to. Um, and... I really like fortune houses a lot. Like, I mean, you can do houses from spirit, but like... Mm
2: -hmm. You can do houses from anything, honestly, but fortune is the most notable. And I just want
0: to like note real quick why why fortune, and you kind of touched on it, Jake, but just so people get it it's it's because fortune is a lot of the moon and the moon is our the closest heavenly body to us and so we're talking about manifest things manifesting in the physical realm in this like earthly realm Mm -hmm. things actually happening to us (laughs) um we're talking about the moon because that's that's where that's sort of like that body that is kind of manifesting things in this realm everything kind of comes through if we're looking talking about the order of the spheres of the planets as far back as Saturn, that's kind of where things come through and then they pass through all the other sort of spheres mm-hmm. of the planets until they get to the moon. And we exist in the sub- sublunar realm um, where, yeah, the moon's sort of that last, that last thing that things have to pass through in order to like manifest into this physical realm. So the law of the moon is so important because we're, we're talking about things happening to us. Um, that's where it's rooted in. Does that make sense?
1: No, that makes perfect sense. And if you think about just like the fluctuating nature of the moon and it's like life is this birth death cycle process, whereas like, you know, the sun is more constant in it's motion. It's not moving as fast all the time. So like while your fortune like does fluctuate and change the things you worship and aspire to do not
0: like. Right. And the the sun's light never dies. And that's why our spirit doesn't die when when our body, our physical forms die. The spirit does Mm -hmm. not.
1: Yeah. And so I really like fortune houses because I mean, so if you read Valens, Vettius Valens is another um, main Hellenistic text that a lot of current practitioners of Hellenistic astrology use. And this was my gateway to the lots. I stand him, obviously. (laughs) Um, He does talk about um, looking at places from fortune as well to describe certain um, elements of the native's life. And, a person's life sorry using different words um the person's life and kind of what they aspire to and like what they're seeking so one thing that I took from Valens is that you can actually look at the positions of the ruler of fortune relative to angles from fortune but you can also do this with you know the ruler of spirit and I think there are two other lots as well mm-hmm. so the lot of basis and exaltation so basis is all about I feel like it's all about, like, it's kind of another one of those lots that has to do with, like, circumstances and how they, like, benefit you. So it's, like, kind of your benchmark, your baseline. And then exaltation is obviously about, like, your propensity for fame. And you could look at the condition of the Lords of Fortune, um, spirit, basis, and exaltation to see how noble like a birth would be Mm. and what you would do is you'd look at their positions relative to your the cosmic angles which is like just your regular ascendant or you could do it with um, respect to the fortune angles and you want to see that one or all of those plant like lords is um angular relative to the regular ascendant but also from fortune and it's even better if they're like in fortune 10th because that says something about like the level of achievement that I don't want to say that a person is destined for, but like the tendencies like towards which they get shoved kind of, that because um, I have, I have roller fortune angular in the 10th from fortune. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, these are the things that you kind of get shoved to whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, and then like, just looking at the chart from fortune, I think it's like, the way I'm starting to see it now is just kind of like, okay, this is how your life circumstances are set up. And these are the kinds of experiences you may feel more drawn to where you feel like you're more prone to encounter. And then that kind of is playing in the background, regardless of like what your natal angles are doing. But like, I don't know. That's just something that I've started Mm -hmm. noticing. Um, Especially because you can also perfect from your, lot of fortune as well on top of like perfecting from the ascendant and you'll find that certain um, events related to like your lot comes up but this is more true when your lot meets its ruler by perfection and you'll start noticing that you're encountering more circumstances I guess that are trying to pull you in a particular direction Mm -hmm. if that makes sense that's something that I've Started to grapple with with my own chart, but I'm starting to see it in other people's charts as well. It's so layered. Yeah. When you say
0: lot comes to fortune by perfection, um,
1: what do you mean by that? Okay, so what a lot of people don't realize about perfections is that it's not only the ascendant that moves like one sign per year. Mm-hmm. You can actually rotate the whole chart <laughs> one sign per year. So like if oh, the ascendant, so okay, yeah. And so, say you're in a tenth house year from the ascendant, like the whatever wherever the lot is natally, it's like now ten signs away from its original position.
0: Gotcha. So it's
1: like the whole chart just rotates. Wow. And you can interpret some interesting things based on that. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this is what I meant, guys, when I said uh, we're <laughs> going into some advanced <laughs> techniques, like. <laughs> very far away from from the basics but it's always so fascinating and i always learn so much from you mo and jake and everyone in the community that's why i do this goddamn show I'm like, <laughs> it's not fair that i'm like i feel like i'm hoarding all this cool <laughs> this cool info from you guys <laughs> gotta share it um okay yeah so when we to kind of keep talking about places from the lots, what we're talking about is um, sort of, do we talk, are we talking about derivative houses? We it's kind of like we, houses. Yeah. derivative houses,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: okay, so I'm like, do we explain that? Um, yeah. <laughs> like derivative, okay, so really what we're talking about is, um, we're using a technique, sort of, called derivative houses. And what that is, is you take a house, a topic, say we're talking about home, right? I'm going to sell my house or whatever, something like that. We're talking about home, family stuff. We would look to the fourth house and almost, pro- it's almost like projecting that into the ascendant or making the, fir- the fourth house, the ascendant. So it's sort of like turning the chart. So the fourth house is now in the place where the ascendant is. And then reading the chart from the perspective of that house being at the ascendant. So that's this technique called derivative houses. Um, it's really cool and fun to do, you know, if you want to look at, say, what maybe like how your partner views you, do your, um, make your, your descendant, your ascendant, and sort of like read that chart. And that's almost like looking at your chart from the perspective of another of a partner. Um, that's just like one example. So when we're talking about houses from fortune, Um, which Mo did uh, a talk about for Fresh Voices, in particular the house that's 11th from Fortune, we're we're basically talking about making fortune, putting fortune on the ascendant, so whatever sign um, the lot of fortune falls in for you, sort of turning the wheel of your chart and making that sign the first house, Um, and then looking at what, and then kind of going from there. So in this talk, um, Mo was talking about the place of acquisition, which is the sign that is 11th from fortune. Um, so it's almost as if you put fortune in the first house and then you go all the way around to the 11th house in that, what that kind of reoriented chart looks like, and that is the place of acquisition. Um, so for example, my lot of fortune is in cancer, 11th from cancer would be Taurus. My place of acquisition is Taurus in my chart. Um, yeah, I hope that was, I hope I explained that well enough. No, so yeah, that's,
1: it. that's literally exactly it. And then, I mean, you can read it like a birth chart and you might notice that there are certain themes that do show up in your life that echo that. Um, but something that I kind of wanted to ask Jake about, cause I know I remember like talking with you about this, um, because, uh, fortune and spirit are, you know, this like amalgam of your SMR, um, your lunar phase plus your ascendant are basically baked into these formulas. And you'll notice quickly that people born during certain lunar phases, it doesn't matter if you're born during the day or at night, you'll notice the lots tend to fall in specific places depending on your lunar phase. And so I kind of wanted to open this topic up with Jake because I know you've been like delving into it and anybody who's like heard about like lunar phase personalities uh, you'll notice really quickly that people who like they describe um, full moon people as being like very relationship oriented and like focused on other people. Whereas like new moon people are more focused on themselves kind of. I mean, I feel like most of that is coming from the 12 letter alphabet Aries Libra is other like view of things. But I also like just looking at the fact that people with full moons will always have their both of their lots hanging out somewhere near the seventh whole sign house and people with their um, with new moons or close to new moons will always have their um, lots of fortune and spirit somewhere near the first whole sign house. I do wonder if there's some kind of like accidental truth to that, at least in your experience, Jake, like if there's some like accidental Truth to that.
2: Yeah, I think so. Because, like, so we are using Dane Rudyard's significations for the kind of, like, lunar phases. So, um, you know, like, new moon, um, first quarter, like, all of that kind of stuff. So they do have, like, these sort of significations. And he uses a sort of, like, plant life cycle. So the new moon's kind of like, you know, like a seed being planted, you know, then when it starts, um, waxing, like then it is kind of like, you know, growing, breaking about the ground, like, you know, so it goes through kind of like these different, um, like phases or like struggles, um, and the lots of fortune and spirit actually like reflect that pretty well. Um, so basically, like with the lot of fortune and spirit, like the calculations are always going to reflect the same aspect between the sun and the moon in your chart with the ascendant. So like if you have um, if you have like a exact first quarter moon, like the sun square the moon, that's always going to put the lot of fortune. Or and the lot of spirit square to your ascendant.
0: Just so everyone knows, sorry, I um I'm I'm pulling this up on the screen if you if you're watching the video version, um so you can see kind of how the the lots where the lots fall in regards to like new moons and full moons. Um and like Jake was saying, if you can see this for the upcoming Taurus new moon, I just pulled this up when the sun and the moon are conjunct like that or so close to conjunct like that, there is no distance between there's such little distance between the sun and the moon. So when we're projecting, you know, that distance from the ascendant, um, it just ends up in the first house near the ascendant. And you can see that here with this new moon, how a lot of spirit and a lot of fortune are just conjunct the ascendant. The same thing happens, Um, Well, the opposite thing happens at a full moon where the sun and the moon are opposite one another. So if we're projecting that opposition 180 degrees, right, from the ascendant, you're going to get the lot of spirit and fortune on the descendant.
1: And then if I understand correctly, with the quarter moons, I'm pretty sure fortune is always going to fall in the fourth house if yeah. you are wait oh uh, d- 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 <laughs> yeah it's it depends on it like gets what weird.
2: yeah it depends on like what time of day you're born because like right. the calculations will change too um but just like having that like aspect between the sun and the moon like be repeated from your ascendant like that then kind of like creates this pattern and like this dynamic so Mm -hmm. you know like if you have a first quarter moon the idea is kind of like um you know like breaking through things um you know like kind of like getting to some challenges and you know when you have the lot of fortune and the lot of spirit like you know opposing each other generally like in the 10th house and the fourth house, um, cause like it kind of varies. Um, you know, that usually creates like this tension around like home and work. Um, so like I've seen somebody that had that and I don't remember like which um, lot was in like which house but mm-hmm. actually, I wanna say that their lot of fortune was in the fourth house and spirit was in the tenth house, so like they um they worked a lot, and like they would travel for work and stuff, but to kind of like offset that, like they would work from home like most of the time, so like there was that fortune in the fourth house, like their physical bot like their physical location was at home, like they were at home, you know in that place, but their spirit essentially was, you know, like going out and like doing like these career things. So like with the lot of spirit, then being in the 10th house, you know, like that's being projected outwards, you know, like it's, it's got like a lot more going on. So like, even though they were at home and like that was their physical location, um, you know, like they were out and doing like other things. So you can kind of like see the dynamic, um, you know, repeat. Um, So like full moon people who, you know, like, they are said to have, like, a lot more of, like, this relational quality, just thinking about, you know, like, the sun and moon as a pair, and, you know, like, it's um, when the moon is brightest, you know, like, it's completely full of the sun's light, you know, like, they are paired, they're bonded, essentially, so when you have that aspect, like, that then puts the lot of fortune and spirit in the seventh house, which, you know, like, when you're talking about, like, your body and your soul, like, when that's, essentially being put in the seventh house of like partnerships and others like that's, that's going to be a really important part of your life. So, you know, like then lunation phase kind of, um, connects like to these different, like lot placements and sort of like reflect similar themes. Um, which I have a workshop that I'm like, sort of like halfway through with, um, on that whole topic. I've got like examples going for like all of the lunation phases. Um, which I'll have to finish eventually. Oh my
1: goodness. Yeah. This is like us pressuring you into finishing it. Yeah. But like, I really liked how you talked about um, uh, like the juxtaposition between like the square, like the, either the closing or the waxing square and how there's that opposition between spirit and fortune. And something that I noticed is that like um, with people, I had some celebrity charts that I distinctly remember. I can't remember who, but I noticed that like their fortune was in the 10th, but their um, spirits in the fourth. Right. And I noticed that a lot of those people tended to do career things that would like allow them to be good representatives of their culture and where Mm. they came from, because at the end of the day, that was, what was really important to them.
0: Mm. That makes a lot
1: of sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For sure. With spirit in the fourth house. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love so that. so it's like interesting how like people with like the lunar the sun moon square are just like struggling because it's like okay that which I worship is different from like where I'm rooted or like where my circumstances seem to be taking me, mm-hmm. and then like life is a constant struggle for them to like reconcile that. Yeah,
0: I have I have that with the square. <clears throat> my fortune and spirit are square one another. Um, and yeah, they're also like in signs that like are involved with the nodes and the rulers of my fortune and spirit are opposite each other and square my, mm-hmm. no- <clears throat> excuse me, squaring my nodes. So yeah, I just so feel that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So we talked about a lot. We talked about zodiacal releasing, um, why, we, why we like kind of base it all off of fortune, but most of us will look to releasing from spirit um, or Eros, which I'm always looking at. Eros too, you know, if you're, if you're a hopeless romantic like I, um, you might want to check out your ZR from Eros and see when your next peaks are. Um, we talked about, yeah, the places from the lots, which I think are really, it's such a rich topic. Do you have any other like examples? I know we talked about the place of acquisition, but like other examples in terms of like places from particular lots. Do you, do you feel like 11th from any of the lots would be important?
2: Yeah, I would I would personally like focus more on like the like aspects. So like the 11th house from spirit like is going to be positive, like, because it's going to have like a sextile to the lot of spirit. So like, even, even if like, you don't call it like the place of acquisition, like it's still going to have like that positive relationship. So, you know, if you have anything in there, like anything kind of like going on, it's still going to have like that similar dynamic. So, you know, it, it is kind of like using, you know, derivative houses. So just thinking about, you know, like the relationship between things. So, you know, like, if this is the starting point, then, like, where is this other thing in relation to that? Um, you know, like, even just kind of, like, starting from somewhere other than the Ascendant.
0: I did have a question for you, Jake. Um, do you look at transits to the lots?
2: Yes, for and, sure. Okay,
0: because I did text you the other day being like, something's happening while Jupiter's transiting my, my lot of arrows, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, I just didn't know of that. Like, did it make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, so, like, um, the Venus retrograde in Gemini, because I have the lot of arrows, the lot of spirit, and a lot of nemesis all in Gemini, which is, yeah, fun. So, like, having, having like, the Venus retrograde go through there, or, like, right now with Mars, um you know like the venus was fun like um that's when i met like zach powell and like we kind of like became friends like during that norwak thing and like all of that um but yeah, just like having, um, you know, planets transiting lots, um, having lots activated by perfection. So like, even if you're just perfecting from the Ascendant and you're just like, okay, like I'm in a sixth house here, which I am in a sixth house here. <laughs> um, so like I, that's Gemini in my chart, which I just said, like I have all those lots and Gemini. So all of those topics are activated. I've had some like nemesis topics activated like i've had some real serious <laughs> bullshit with other people i've had um i've had some some arrow stuff going on like it did not go on for a long time but it went on um <laughs> and right now like i'm doing a podcast like this is my first mm-hmm. time on, on a podcast like this is oh, a wow. spirit um kind of wow. like thing
0: awesome i love that okay cool so transits to lot or meaning to lots are meaningful would you say like a, a lunation on a lot would be meaningful as well
2: yeah oh, yeah. yeah um pretty much like any because the lots like i you can kind of think of them like the same way that you do the ascendant like you know the ascendant is a point like it's a specific point that's important you know but it's also an entire house. So like, it's your whole first house. So if we think about lots as the same kind of thing, you know, like you can think of like that specific degree, like, okay, that's important. You know, like the same as if something was going to like aspect your ascendant, um, you know, like that degree is important, but also even if you just like had some planets going through your ascendant, you know, like same idea with the lot, like if they, if you have planets like going through that sign, like it's part of the lot. So, basically, like, you know, like, the same as angles.
0: Interesting. Awesome. Yeah. That's a good to
1: know. Or, like, even thinking about your Saturn return, because, like, I know everybody's like, oh, the degree is just when I have my Saturn return. It's like, no. Saturn's entire movement through the whole sign. Mm-hmm. It's just that when it hits the actual degree, it's like, okay, something is actually big, noticeable, and popping off. It's like the apex of whatever action. Right, yeah. We need to experience related to the to the lot in this case um i think it's interesting that you mentioned the lot of nemesis and i kind of wanted to talk about some of the other hermetic lots and oh yeah i actually I had this ex- i had this experience in, on clubhouse the other day and someone was like yeah like i just don't like this particular sign i really don't like them and what was funny is it like so something i've noticed about signs that tend to hang out and get along is that usually like people get along well with people who, like, have the same modality or, you know, the same element or, like, you know, the same polarity. So it's, like, I know people go, oh, yeah, like, signs that are square opposite shouldn't get along, but it's, like, you guys, like, you have function a lot in common. very... You function so similarly. Yeah. And, like... It's
0: so I fixed signs are, like, huge stands for one another.
1: Like Exactly. Signs can't leave each other alone. They really can't. It's, like, a problem. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, but then, like, when uh, you have, like, houses that are um, making favorable aspects to your Ascendant, it's like, okay, so say you're, like, a Cancer Rising, and it's like, I should like Pisces or Scorpio, but I don't. Mm
2: -hmm. Or, like, people
1: say when you have, especially in, like, romance, um, you attract people who have your fifth house and your seventh house. And while that's true, generally... I find more that, like, I actually don't enjoy, um, like, people with sons in my seventh house. I actually don't. I, I For some reason, I just avoid them mm-hmm. at all costs. And then I looked, and I, I think I remember Jake was saying something about the lots, and then I was like, I have a lot of nemesis in the seventh house. So do like, I. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. This is probably why I don't. Like, I've done it a couple times, and then it's just like, I'm me. right <laughs>
0: there with you, Mo, because we have the same we have the same ascendant. So I know exactly the sign you're talking <laughs> it's like,
1: about. It's um, like not for me. Wow. And this person, lo well and behold, with like other
0: placements in that sign, but not yeah,
1: as but much not the sun. The yeah, no, the sun. This person was like, "Yeah, I don't like this sign," and I was like, "Where's your lot of nemesis?" And they laughed. They were like, "It's right here with my lot of like lot of fortune." And I was like, "Yeah, screaming."
0: <laughs> that's amazing oh my gosh yeah i struggle with my lot of arrows because i feel like i don't that's one sign i like don't
1: like that same. much same
0: it's so weird
1: yeah
2: <laughs> so do we want to do we want to like go let's, through let's the, the other like the yeah. other yeah, let's, let's
0: yes talk about please
2: it okay so um after we have fortune and spirit we have the lot of necessity which is the lot of mercury um so like that one was considered really bad like really bad <laughs> like <laughs> we usually we usually don't really think of like mercury as being like that bad um you know like mercury ancients, retrograde like, like annoying. With
0: mercury. Uh, they,
2: they were not they were not guys mercury rules thieves
0: yeah scammers
2: Exactly, and you know Tricksters. why? I, think I mean, come on, the trickster.
0: Yeah, it's. And I think part of it, honestly, it's scapegoating the one planet that does not play by the rules that most of the other planets play by, and that's why you know Mercury. You talk about okay, what planets benefic? These planets are benefic. These planets are malefic. Mercury, either or, common. These these planets are, um, diurnal. These planets are nocturnal. Ter- Mercury can go either way, right? So it's like it's common nature and it's by corporate by corporality it's um mutableness if you will makes it so i feel like if you're someone who really likes order and structure and for things to fit <laughs> in certain places maybe that like shiftiness
2: of mercury would not be something that you're into so um an example that i used to An example that I like to use for the lot of nemesis, or not nemesis, necessity, um, is Jane Fonda. She has the lot of necessity in her 10th house, which she's camp rising. So her 10th house is Libra, and she has Venus in Sag in her 12th house. So she is majorly known for um, protesting, criticizing the government. You know, the 10th house signifies um, leadership, government whatever um so she's like bringing that negative kind of like critical energy to the 10th house like she's she showed up on their doorstep talking shit basically <laughs> so they they put her in jail they they said no more oh God, like <laughs> they yeah yeah which she got out she's fine um but you know just the fact that like that happened like that was an event in her life um You know, like, the whole, like, I think there was, like, a a fake drug bust. Like, she had, like, some, like, vitamins and stuff. And, like, she was, like, very publicly, like, arrested in the airport. Um, And just, like, a whole bunch of other things, like, you know, with protesting and, like, Just it's a very visible part of her life. Um, But so like in other people's charts, like I usually see necessity around um, places that they get a lot of criticism or like kind of give it. So people that have it in the seventh house, they're kind of like critical of like relationship dynamics and like just that whole kind of like institution like idea of like partnership. I've seen people with it in like the third house and like their siblings are like super critical of their, you know, just like whatever they do, like siblings are like on their neck. Um, but yeah, just kind of like that energy, which the words they used to describe the lot of necessity was um, enemies, hatreds, contentions, like things like that. So, I mean, you can kind of see like, it's that pretty, um, you know, like negative language, but I have kind of like boiled it down to that sort of like critical energy. Um, But then, so we have the lot of Eros, which is the lot of Venus, um, which the lot of Eros is the, you know, lot of Venus. Um, So it relates to things that we enjoy. Um, It's calculated with Venus and the lot of spirit. Um, So from that we can kind of like get to this idea that it's not just physical things. Um, This is basically talking about like the things that are pleasing to our spirits. So when most people hear the lot of arrows, they, you know, hear arrows and they think like, Ooh, erotic. Like, so like, this is just like sex. No, Um that, that does, that does kind of like go with the lot of arrows. Like that is part of it. Um, But it is also like, hobbies things that you just like doing yourself um listen
1: i'm so glad you brought that up because i know a lot of people were like yeah releasing from eros is not lining up with my sex life and i was like i remember specifically telling people yeah well like i've just been like listening to jake talk about lots in general and like i keep up with all of jake's like lots things because they're very informative And when you mentioned like it just being about, okay, these are things that I actively find pleasurable and these are pleasures I want to pursue, which makes sense because this is a lot that's derived from the law of spirit, you know, the things you actively pursue um, and choose to engage with. And so I'm like, what about like art or other things you like? You know what I mean? Like you might not even like sex, like that, that, that could be a thing. You might not even like it.
0: So why would you do it? <laughs> That's true. When I learned about zodiacal releasing, it was it was through Chris Brennan talking about the Lot of Eros. Like mm-hmm. that was the first thing I learned. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm destined to have a shitty love life for the first 30 years of my life. Cool, cool, cool. Um, that changes in less than two months. I finally leave this L1 30-year Saturn period in, in June. Um, <laughs> but um, from what... From what I gathered from both Chris Brennan and Lisa Shime, and they're them talking about the lots and, and ZR with eros, it tends to speak to the peak periods. Will tend to speak to when you meet someone. Um, less so, like it. It doesn't necessarily have to do with sex. Is what I mean. It's like a lot of it has to do with relationships too, which is v- Venus and like forming relationships and, and partnerships with folks. So that isn't also. doesn't always mean romantic relationships either, but, um, I think Eros peaks at least can speak to, um, when you connect with someone like in a meaningful way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Eros, um, Eros just in general, like it often relates to things that people prefer, like things and people that somebody would prefer. So you may like people that have, you know, placements in your lot of Eros more, um, or also the ruler of your lot of arrows that's important too so if you you know like have arrows in virgo and like mercury in aquarius you know like maybe maybe you do prefer like aquarius type people more than virgo you know like that kind of thing um but yeah so like Eros, um In the, like, examples that I've looked at, like, it usually um, lines up super well with, like, people's hobbies, which I feel like is a really easy way. Because, like, you know, some people just aren't really social, so, like, they don't really, like, have anything to kind of, like, report on that end. But then, you know, like, they'll have, like, 37 other, you know, like, side projects and, like, hobbies that they like to do. Um, So, like... Um, Mercury-ruled Eros, like, usually, like, majorly needs, like, mental stimulation. Um, Mars-ruled Eros, or, like, Mars-involved, it's usually kind of, like, more um, energetic. Like, they're, you know, like, more into kind of, like, sports and, like, working out and, like, exercise and just, like, physical exertion, that kind of thing. Um, I've seen like, a lot of repetition of, like, people really liking the classics with Eros in Libra, which it's funny because, like, it'll be the classics of, like, different genres of, like, topics. So, like, you know, somebody might be into classic, like, literature. Some people might be into, like, classic architecture. Classic rock. Yeah, like, it's just (laughs) classic whatever um
1: very exalted Saturn (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) um I
0: love that interesting
2: yeah so next we have the lot of courage which is the lot of Mars which I honestly don't really do as much with a lot of courage um just because like I don't really find it to be as relevant in people's lives um They used to use a lot of courage for things like, would you be in the military or like, would you be a cavalryman or, you know, like things like that, which honestly isn't the most relevant thing in most people's lives, you know, like unless you have some kind of like connection to the military or things like that.
0: What about like first responders or folks who are sort of like on the front lines in other ways? I wonder if like even seeing like a physician or something might be Related to that, just think about other things that Mars. Yeah, like
2: you know? I, I could, I could see like first responders, like things like that. Um, you know, like firefighters, like EMS, like stuff like that. What about people
1: like? Because you know, like it, it is a Martian lot. And what about people who are like, um, activistic, like revolutionary, like you know, people
2: who would be in
0: fighting, but like against fighting. like the state, yeah
1: in
2: some oppression
1: way.
2: yeah yeah i i feel like necessity makes more, more sense, sense for, for kind that. of like that but okay. like i get i get the idea that you're going like <clears> throat> but throat> mm-hmm. i mean honestly like i haven't looked at enough kind of like examples of i guess sort of like heroic people to really mm. um yeah um Yeah, so next we have the lot of victory, which is the lot of Jupiter, Um, which the lot of victory is a fun one because it usually indicates nice things. Um, So being the lot of Jupiter, its main signification is allies. So it usually, when I see clients' charts, it usually indicates some sort of positive like assistance or luck or benefit in that area of their life. Um, So this is kind of like what people used to or like kind of like think fortune is like this is this is the actually like good stuff for sure like because fortune can be you know good or bad um so with a lot of victory um you know depending on the house placement it can show like where you have allies or assistance so like I personally have um the lot of victory in the fourth house and you know i've had like really good luck with housing um i just moved recently and i like got a place like right in the um kind of like heart of the city like in the best kind of like bougie area like it's really nice like it's not too expensive like it's just like a really good area and like i it was super last minute too and it was just like somebody that knew somebody kind of thing um and even
0: before this you had like a great living situation too. yeah
2: yeah i was living in like a four-bedroom house um without paying rent i was working as a grant writer though to kind of like cover that but so like it it had my you know like rent covered essentially from you know like doing something that probably was not worth you know like staying in a massive house which was super unnecessary because I do not need that much space but it was super nice um, you know it's not something that other people have the opportunity to have Um, but so like other clients I've seen you know people with victory in the 10th house or the 6th house and they've gotten like all of their jobs through like referrals or recommendations or things like that just kind of like Knowing somebody who knows somebody, you know, like that mm. whole allyship. I um, need to start
1: abusing that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should for sure. You should. Um, which is kind of like interesting for my chart because my um, lot of victory is in Aries in the fourth house, which. I have a day chart so that means that mars is my malefic out of sect Mm -hmm. but mars is also my lord of victory so like mars is promising both bad things and good things for me in my chart um so like it's interesting when you add lots into the chart because you know like all of these things already have like their own significations like you know you probably already know like what's going on generally in your chart, but then when you add the lots on top of that and like things are, you know, ruling these additional topics, you know, you can have things like, you know, your malefic out of sect then ruling, you know, like positive things Mm -hmm. um, like victory. So like it adds this whole other layer of, um, you know, interpretation and kind of like connecting dots that you may not have even known existed. Mm -hmm. so then that leads us to the last lot which is the lot of nemesis um which is the lot of saturn which most people kind of like hear nemesis and they think like "Ooh, like an enemy like a villain (laughs) no like most people don't have like an arch nemesis some people (laughs) some people do have a nemesis um but it's generally things that are like heavy or difficult in your life um they used to also call the lot of nemesis the heavy part, which just kind of like refers to heavy topics, things that are kind of like weighty and like, you know, just kind of like way down on you. Um, I sort of talk about it as being kind of like a cold draft in your chart. Like it's just this part of your chart that's like dark and like drafty and it's just cold. And it's like, it's not a cool place to be. Like you don't really mm. want to hang out there. Um, so, usually, like, there are um, difficulties, kind of like Saturnian sort of delays, challenges, um, kind of like being held back, um, mm. you know, more of kind of like this negative sort of like Saturn vibe with the lot of nemesis. Um, yeah, and that is the seven <laughs> Hermetic Lives.
1: <lots>. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I just thought of a very specific X um oh no (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's mm, that's something like no i think i really um also do you remember which lots are because i don't remember all the formulas off the top of my head like of the other five lots like because i know some of them have spirit in the formula and then others have um fortune
0: are you talking about like basis, exaltation, that type of stuff? No
1: no 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 like um the hermet the other hermetic lots. Oh, so like
0: which ones have fortune and spirit?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't Necessity
0: off the top of my head. is fortune is from fortune, Eros is from spirit, courage is from fortune, victory is spirit, and nemesis is fortune. So they kind of they just like one after another. I love off. how
1: all the, the, the more difficult or problematic ones. Have fortune? Yes, that makes sense. They will fuck with
2: your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk about resources a bit. Where can people learn more besides both of your Fresh Voices talks? um, In this. You know, this episode, uh, we have Astro.com for generating, um, you know, those tables. We have AstroSeek.com for using the calculator. But yeah, any other resources you guys would recommend for folks?
2: Yeah. Um, so for reading, um, there is Paulus, the translation by James Holden. Um, that's pretty good because Paulus has... Paulus is an ancient astrologer. Yes, yes. Um, Paulus of Alexandria. Um, he writes about the lots, like specifically, um, referring to the Panaretos, like, which, so he's a pretty good source for that. Um, there is a book by Robert Zoller, the Arabic parts in astrology. Um, I like parts of that and parts were really, really just weird and just kind of like out there. Um, and it also uses the incorrect, calculations for eros and necessity so like that's a book um so but yeah like grains of salt um there's also like a lot of really good stuff in um saul saul has um he actually has delineations for the lot of fortune in each of the 12 houses um so like that's a really good resource um there are there's also like a lot of stuff about lots in like most of the ancient sources although that there aren't really a whole lot of like modern sources because a lot of people often ask me like hey like I've been trying to google this and like there is nothing You're where like, do I I'm go and it, I'm like I'm
0: making the content yeah
2: yeah <laughs> I'm I'm working on it um I have blogs on my website um on like fortune working on spirit i have arrows up and like oracular cool. which is the same as my twitter and instagram i'm just at oracular jake so it's all easy to remember
0: cool and that'll be um, in the show notes as well yes um
1: do you have any so i mean jake most of them like the only other one i would add is if you kind of want to understand fortune houses is uh what's it called uh the free translation of Valens that's just floating around on the internet so the thing is he kind of merges them with like describing the houses in general so it's like a lot of the same significations of the regular houses he talks about but then he has a special description about 11th from fortune I think he goes into 6th from fortune because that has health implications and then eighth from fortune which you know they talk about death but we're not getting into that so yeah um other than that like if you want more about like the hermetic lots uh there isn't a lot that's you know available i know that um what's it called there's i think it's like is it like seven stars astro it's this one traditional like astrology blog or something like that that has like a lot of resources on just Hellenistic, medieval, and they do talk about the different hermetic lots. Um, if you're into ZR and you want to interact with someone who's not Chris Brennan, um, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Lisa uh, Shime is another. Lisa Shime ZR is person. wonderful. She's great. Yeah. And then Patrick Watson, he has a lot of resources on ZR, and I know he periodically drops gems on his patreon about like the more in-depth advanced like considerations for or releasing. that yeah,
0: he's um fingers crossed who's who I'm hoping to get on to talk about ZR eventually
1: <gasps> oh my god i was thinking that, of so. him <laughs> i was thinking of him actually when you mentioned that i was like yeah. oh my god you have to have patrick the dream just would be really... patrick
0: and lisa so we'll see we'll see what i can pull off um that will be jam packed, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, those are like yeah. the ZR. Chris Brennan, um, Lisa Scheim, and Patrick Watson are like the ZR folks, in my opinion. It's the
1: ZR gang. They're like yeah, the, the people holy Trinity Trinity that know the ZR. things.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. And where where can we find more of you, Mo?
1: Um, so for now, I'm just on Twitter. I'm Australtour. I don't have a website. I, like, killed my Wix page because I got tired of paying them. (laughs) But you Um, do have a
0: podcast.
1: I do have a podcast. So I have the Fixed Astrology podcast, um, which we are Fixed Astropod on Twitter. You can listen to us anywhere Um, we get podcasts. We're actually recording the Taurus Deccans episode literally next Friday.
0: Nice. And that's with Powell. That's with who who's on the first episode of the season talking about angular houses. So she definitely shouted out the podcast then too. But yeah, Mo and yeah. um, pal have the Fixed Astrology podcast. You guys are doing this amazing series on the Deccans.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really loving it. Um, and then I recently just did an episode with um, Max and... Zach Powell um on Beyonce's um birth chart or what we think is her birth chart and we actually just dropped that today for the first episode of Max's um Mutable Minds podcast so nice
0: well you two thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me it's been so fun thanks for having me Kara it was thanks great for having us wow that was a goodie right Jake and Mo were so fun and awesome. And it's just cool to have them on the podcast because I'm talking to them all the time (laughs) anyway, outside of the podcast. So I'm so happy that I was, you know, that you guys were able to learn and get into some of their goodness because they're both such great, brilliant astrologers. Um, Yeah, that's all I have for you. Uh, Again, check out NORWAC if you're interested in... um, in registering and listening to all the cool or watching and listening, tuning into all the cool speakers that weekend. Um, astrology.com for our upcoming webinars and um, the CIIS conversation I'm having with Alice barkley Cat coming up on May 21st um, for their book, Post-Colonial Astrology. I think the, oh yeah the astrology hub inner circle <laughs> event i'll also link to um cool thanks so much for tuning in talk to you again soon bye bye